hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Brienne and Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Brienne and Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable, minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Brienne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brienneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping at Brienne and Company. Thanks, Brienne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope. I'm your host, the self-talk engineer, Charles Wolfork, and today we have a magnificent, magical young lady here, Marissa Magallanes. Now, Marissa is from Sac Town, that's right, Sacramento, California area, <laughs> and she is blind and low vision. She got her bachelor's degree in political science and going to get her law degree in health law. She wants to fight the good fight for her kids so she can break generational curses and allow her to be a healed person so she can carry on healthier habits for the rest of her life and this is i mean she is so inspired by her two beautiful young boys ladies and gentlemen i bring to you marissa magallanes what's up marissa? <laughs> hello good morning <laughs> that you... intro wow <laughs> believe me you're gonna be on stages so you better get used to it oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so you um you are an advocate and a person that um is strong because of what happened to you at 16 years old with you becoming blind and low vision yeah yeah i would i would credit it to a lot of things but you know obviously my family and how they raised me but that definitely um kind of changed my perspective on life and definitely made me realize like you can either go one of two ways you know can either you know, like my mom says, you know, take the lemons that are given to you, make lemonade. So that's exactly what I did. And, you know, just going along, trying to find my way, the journey through, you know, navigating the world as a blind, low vision person. So definitely that. So, yeah, the, uh, with your upbringing and everything. So let's go back to that. So um, tell us about, you know, how you grew up. So my parents, my mom, she was a uh, she, I mean, I was, she was 16. My parents both were young parents and they, you know, I think just growing up, they wanted us to be a little bit different than how they grew up, you know, and not make, not a mistake. I'm not saying I'm a mistake, but, you know, um, just not make the same decisions that they did. So definitely strict, um, definitely, um, how would you say, just like, you know, we had choices, but it was... I'd be careful what I say here because I know mm. they're gonna watch this. But <laughs> are they gonna watch it? <laughs> but just a lot of structure. We were we were mm. raised with a lot of structure, and just things were supposed to be a certain way. And yeah, that's that's how kind of I was raised. And definitely, um, you know, things that happened, we used it to empower ourselves, right? You know, so <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> because you're like hopscotching your words right now i love it <laughs> i know how no, okay it. okay anyways so what <laughs> i was saying is definitely like you know things that have happened in our lives and you know every family goes through stuff mm -hmm. and we use it to empower ourselves right and so i definitely 
grew up with that empowerment with, you know, things that happened to us, like, okay, well, this happened, you know, just make the most of it. So definitely was raised that way. Definitely. I mean, that's, that's how it is. You know, I, I grew up in the hood as well. And we made the best out of what we had. So, I mean, when, whether it comes to my grandma being a great cook, but also still making chitlins and um, pig feet for for some odd reason. or But, you know, um, my grandma. But that's what makes your family your family. Yeah. Yeah. Real that's talk. That's what makes me work. Real talk. Like we, you know, we all always came together and we always fought for one another. Um, it, it was one of those things where. Oh, so when I was young, I'm talking about really, really young from like age one to maybe three. Uh, all of my family and I'm talking about all of my family stayed at my grandmother's three bedroom apartment. So that's 13 wow. people in a three bedroom apartment, like and one bathroom, by the way. <laughs> wow. Like, I, I was know. Gonna say, how do you remember that? But how can you not remember that? You know, mm -hmm. such a great time well. with all the family being together like that. I know it's so crazy because like there's times in your life where it seems like oh my gosh what is going on but it's like it's not gonna be like this forever and then you look back on it and you're like wow those were kind of the good days you know <laughs> everybody was together yes exactly exactly and we're so far sp uh, spread far out nowadays and you know or we have bigger houses where you know when we were when we were at that house we had this like small nucleus to where we all were coming like we're with one another and enjoyed the time that we had with one another. Holidays were amazing. Um, oh, I bet. Just uh, being around each other. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel like it's not always about, holidays are not about what you get. It's definitely yeah. who you're around and just yeah. the vibe and the mm -hmm. environment. And those are the things that you remember. You don't remember gifts? <laughs> no, no, like exactly. So, but like, I can definitely remember the, um, the, the meals that we had together, the laughs that we had together, the arguments <laughs> and people storming out oh, yeah. <laughs> living in, in close quarters like that. I'm sure there were some arguments. So I, I was so young though. I, it wasn't even in my consciousness. So like, mm -hmm. what were some of the things that you went through that made you stronger when you and your family stronger? I would definitely say, you know, so my mom, she so she she graduated high school and all that stuff, but she decided to go back to school. And so it definitely um, so now she's a nurse. She was her dream has always been to become a nurse. Cool. And so she went to nurse to nursing school and, you know, doing all the prereqs and like and stuff like that. So at a young age, she started. So she started when I was 10. And, you know, it was it was um, a process like we were little. She was going to school in a sense. It kind of made a stronger family unit learning to work together. And like, you know, also becoming more independent in the sense that, you know, my mom wasn't going to always be there because she had a class, but also she was setting an example for us. Like, definitely, you know, we're going to go to school and, and and I'm sure that was what her goal was in the end, because I'm mm -hmm. sure, you know, she always says, I did it for you guys. So definitely growing up that way, my dad also, he had a really good job through the railroad. And so sometimes... Uh, there was a certain time in our lives where he would travel a lot for seven days. He'd be gone for a week and come back for a week. And he would travel, say to like the close to the border of Canada, just everywhere. Right. So again, we had to learn how to be a strong family unit so that we can make our family, you know, work. And so they made their sacrifices for us to have better lives. And definitely that's what made 
all of us stronger, especially, you know, my brother and my sister and I. So beautiful, beautiful. That's what's up. And so, I mean, you, you have this strong foundation with you and your sister and, and your mom and dad and, and like, brother. and your brother, sorry, shout out to your brother. <laughs> Don't <hurt> my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so now like fast forward to when you were 16, what happened to like make, to make you go blind and low, low vision? So literally life was going as normal, right? I was in high school, 16. So I was, I think a sophomore junior and literally like I had a lot of like problems with my eyes and sense. I'd always get pink eye. I don't understand why I'd always just get pink eye. And then one time it just got really, really bad to the point where I was like starting to lose my vision. I was in summer school cause I wanted to graduate high school and start school early or college early. So I was taking more classes and so um, I was all of a sudden I was like reading something. I noticed that my vision was starting to go. It's like, I was like, okay, maybe, I don't know. You just, maybe there's something in my eye, whatever. And then literally the next day I woke up, like I could not see, literally woke up. I could not see. And I was like, free, kind of, I was freaking out. I was like, I was like, mom, mom, she's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I cannot see, but I cannot see. And she's like, what do you mean you can't see? I was like, I literally can't see. Like, I don't know what's going on. And at that point, it wasn't, it wasn't completely black, but it was like looking through wax paper. And it was just insane. Like, it was just crazy. So, you know, from there, we went to doctors. I found out I had this autoimmune disease called uveitis. So basically, my, my body thinks that my eyes are sick and it attacks them, but they're not sick. So, you know, it makes it basically create this inflammation. And I go blind. So, and still to this day, they don't know what causes it. It's an unknown autoimmune disease. So I can literally wake up tomorrow blind. There's days where it fluctuates a lot. Mm -hmm. So I can wake up blind tomorrow and, you know, may not be able to see again. It's just, it comes and goes and it might not come back. So that's how. Could it ever go away? No. Mm. Because they don't know what's causing it. Right. So if they can't get to the root of the problem, mm-hmm. then, you know, unless they have some kind of like DNA gene therapy yeah. in the future, then maybe, but from, from right now, no. And I've already lost my left eye mm-hmm. um, due to it. And I still, I'm holding on to the right one. So yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's strong, there's right hope, but even then, you know, I'm prepared as much as I can be, if I do go blind mm-hmm. to, you know, know how to navigate the world like that. How was the like, how was it getting used to and navigating this world when you you did find out like you had this this autoimmune was, disease and, and everything? It was so funny because a lot of people, I think, don't want to ask that question because I'm sure, you know, obviously it wasn't fun, but it was literally I was depressed. Right. Mm. So just lost all my independence. I literally like just shut off from everybody, like Mm -hmm. even my friends, like I didn't even tell anybody, like I was just so embarrassed Mm. and like, what is going on? I can't see. And then also a lot, a lot of friends kind of straight away from me because like, what's wrong with you? So, um, it was not a happy time. It was hard to deal with as a teenager, as you know, going, learning and coming to terms that something was wrong with me which now it's not, I'm not, nothing's wrong with me. I'm just different. So, but 
um, at that time when I was 16 years old, like you're just so fragile. Right. I mean, I was, so it was just a little bit hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like almost a lot of 16 years are like that, but uh, I was, yeah. it was hard. Like it was literally hard to come to terms with this. I had to stop going to school. I had to do like independent study. I was home all the time in my head. I couldn't see anything. So it's just literally in my head, you know? So but luckily, what I'm really blessed to know and to have gotten this a little bit older is I know what the world looks like, mm-hmm. right? It's not like being born blind. So that's kind of what gave me hope. But I could still see the world. Like we go somewhere, okay, I know what a tree looks like. I know right. what colors they are, right? Yeah. So, um, but it was, it was, it was hard. Yet you still stay strong. You went to college and you graduated and everything how was it like getting outside of the house and going into that new environment what which college did you go to i went to the university of sacramento cal the cal um sacramento state did, did you stay home no ah you stayed on campus no oh no i stayed home yeah but uh i mean i was taking classes there i mean yeah yeah so i'm just used to the online world right now i'm like oh no mm. i went to online campus yeah <laughs> So, so, um, so you're on campus, everything. So how was it like navigating through that and, you know, your college life? How was that? Yes, it was, it was cool, honestly. So at, at the time, so I started a community college and then I transferred, but at the community college, like it's just had a lot of great people and a lot of like other students that were just so empowered. Everybody just empowered everybody. Just the group of people I was with. I'm like, you guys are dope. Like I want to stay here. I want y'all in my circle forever. Like you guys are just, you guys are cool. So, but it was really fun. And in the sense, I was like, you know what? I need to take more. So around the, the school, I, um, there was just things that weren't accessible. Right. So I was like, how do we make a change in this? How do we make a change in like making it more accessible? What type of things? Like stairs, not having the yellow strip on it mm-hmm. or, you know, making sure that all the doors work, like mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how do we do this? And I found out about the student Senate. Uh, so I got involved with the student Senate. I was like, I need to go straight to the source here. So I, you know, I um, got voted into the student Senate. And then the next year I said, you know what? I want to do something a little bit bigger. I want to, you know, I want to be the president of the school. So I ran for presidency. I got, I won the presidency. And so then I was just making changes like that. So I feel like I empowered myself, like how my parents taught me to do, to empower myself and not be like, oh, you know, like make the changes that I want to be done, right? You know, things are going to be done unless you do it. So that's definitely how it was at the community college. Then I transferred to Sac State and from there just, they have a lot of great things for people with disabilities, right? So definitely was, in a sense, great. It was easy to navigate because I had all the resources to go through about college and stuff like that. Of course, um, everybody has their moments, you know, just what am, why am I in school? Like, mm. what am I doing? <laughs> but got through it. And yeah, I got my, um, my bachelor's in political science. What were some of those things that Sac State had that were so beneficial to you? So, so they had like a designated lab for people with disabilities, right? So I always had a computer that like could zoom in, it would read to me, 
Um, I can take my books and, it, you know, like scan it and read it for me. Just a bunch of different little things that made my life easier. They had my books on tape or on CD. They just called it tape, but I was right. able to just read it and listen to it. And just the designated area where they, it was for disabled people and that you didn't feel so like awkward or anything just because I don't know, they just made it a safe space for people with disabilities. So they definitely had that lab. Um, and just also like when registration, I get priority registration. So, and they give me my accommodations. I got to sit up in class. It wasn't awkward. Like, can I sit up here, ask somebody to move? Like there was just, I just sit there. They already knew. So things like that, that made it where I felt normal, but you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I didn't have to kind of tell people what was wrong with me or what I had and then uh, make it like a thing. So (laughs) That's okay. So first of all, shout out to Sacramento State because they did it right. That is super. That is so amazing. And you talk about this like sense of normality. What is normal to you now? Just who I am now. Yeah. And I had to get over that. Like I'm not. What is normal? I had to sit down. I had to sit down talking. What is normal? Uh huh. You know, what does that mean? What is this, this picture of normal to you? Right. And for the longest I wanted to be normal, I'm like, what does that even mean? You know? And I feel like I struggled with that for so long, like trying to fit in and make it so people didn't know that I was visually impaired because like people always tell me that like, I didn't even know you had a vision problem. You know, like I look at you, you don't look blind. I'm like, well, what is a blind person supposed to look like? Right. So anybody could be blind or visually impaired, I guess, because I don't have my cane out all the time. So, but I had to come to terms with that. Normal is who I am as a person. It's who you are. There's no set standard of what normal is. Right. I agree. I agree. I I think that we're all unique. And the more that we try to break out of a standard of normality, the better off we will be, you know, um, the more authentic we are, the better too. Like real recognizes real and respects it. So trying to it's be so normal and mediocre is just so, ugh, I don't know. How to it say. It's, it's, and it's also exhausting. Yes. Like it's exhausting. How are you, <laughs> you don't even know what normal is and then you're trying to be it. So how that just makes no sense. Like mm. I literally had to come like, talk to myself in the mirror one time. Like, I don't know if you do this, but I do. If I'm only crazy one, but like <laughs> you, you are who you are, you mm. know, like, and I feel like the power of being vulnerable and speaking our truths is what makes us more comfortable in our own skin. Right. Mm. So definitely like, okay, you have this vision problem. That's what makes you who you are. There's nobody like you. Right. So it's just, it was really hard for me for a long time to come to terms with the fact that I had this visual impairment. I was blind, you know, so. How, how old were you when you came to that realization? Cause that's a beautiful realization and it's like the best thing ever. But how it old took a you? long time, honestly, when I became a mom. And so my oldest is four, so four years ago. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I had to come to realization with that is because for the longest time, I tried to like be normal mm-hmm. and, you know, try to do things a certain way. But when you become a parent, for me, it's like, you can't hide that. Like mm-hmm. you're going to do things differently, especially because I'm a low vision blind mom. Mm-hmm. And if I sit here and try to be a perfect mom, I'm going to go crazy. So for <laughs> me, and this is exactly why I wore this shirt today, Raising Tomorrow, because 
dropping this baggage and all this stuff is going to make in turn me a better person, a better mother, a better daughter, sister. And so definitely come to realization when I became a parent, like a mom, like mm. I can't be this way. Like there's no way I can sit here and be critical of myself because mm. my children are going to learn how to do that. And I don't want them to be that way. So mm, that's another generation- four years ago. That's another generational curse that you're breaking right yes. there. That's huge. Gotta stop. It has to stop. So <laughs> it has to. <laughs> the um, so so like, and now with you looking at yourself as this mother, and also with you looking at yourself as just someone that needs to empower others, what made you want to go and, and get your law degree? Um, so this is a this is a little goes back to the empowerment, right? That's so good. I always felt so it's a mixture of two things. I want to mm-hmm. because I feel like that's just something I want to do. I want to help others. I feel like that definitely is something that's part of my family. Like we just love to help others and not if like not in the sense like save them, but like just be of service to people, be a good person, you know. So I definitely felt like I can do that. Um, with health law because we were just so lost as a family like with insurances and dealing with doctors and navigating the health system it was hard so I was like oh no this is just there's a lot of things that happened I was like we should have sued but <laughs> but I also wanted to be there and you know be there for families that are like were like us and help them so that's part of it but also I always felt like as a person with a disability, I felt kind of like people thought I was not going to do anything because of my problem. Mm. So in a sense, like it's because I want to, but also I didn't want to not do anything because I want to do something with myself and I didn't want anything to hold me back. So it's those two things. So you got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. No, 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 no. Mm. But in a sense, like, I don't want to let people down. Oh. I don't want to let people down because I feel like we were taught to always be strong, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And do something with ourselves. And I always felt like some kind of, I always felt, I always feel obligated because just the sacrifices that my family did as immigrants to come here into the United States to give me a better life that I feel like I can't let them down. I Mm -hmm. need to do something great with my life. So their sacrifices don't go in vain, basically. You see, there's a pattern that I can already see in, in which you step up to make sure that you serve others in a, in a major way. So and and for for the stories that you just told me, it started in college. In college, you saw that there was a need for individuals with disabilities. Therefore, you went and you ran for Senate and then you went ahead and rose and went for um, and went for president and won. Fast forward, you have kids and all those kids are going to be in need. Those kids are going to need you. So you had to get your shiz together. (laughs) Mentally, literally. I'm trying to. (laughs) I got your back. (laughs) Right. Mentally and emotionally. And you had to look in the mirror and decide who you are. But you stepped up and did it. And now with you getting your degree in health law, you're doing it once more. Yes. You're consistently raising the bar, just like your mother did. You're following in her footsteps. Dang. 
It's true. <laughs> I mean, my mom's an amazing woman, so mm. I can only be half the woman she is. But no, definitely. I don't know about what. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's accurate. I think that you're doing what she's doing and taking it to a different level. She's had her fair share of difficulties and challenges, and they're they're different. And yet, you have yours. And you're overcoming them like no other. You're, you're defying the odds. Trying to. And so that's exactly why, you know, when we spoke, yeah. you know, I feel like, you know, I've done things in my life and I'm proud of them. And it's hard for me to be proud of them because I always feel like I need to do more. But I, I feel like just a heavy burden, right? Just that I need to do more. I need to do more. And I don't want to be that way because I want to be happy with the things that I do do. That way... I can be a better, just live in the moment in the sense, like, and teach my kids that like, yes, be proud of what you're doing and be content with what you're doing because you are enough basically. So two questions. Number one, what are some of those things that you're proud of that you've done in the past? <sighs> We're going to go here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's hard for me what? to say these things. <laughs> no. It is hard. It's hard for me to talk about. If I you would have like... told me in the beginning, I would have put them in your intro, but you didn't. So let me know. <laughs> Go for it. Things that I'm proud of. Yes. Um, man. So I would say, number one thing, I'm proud of how I. <laughs> Is this hard for me? <laughs> that, you know, life throws, th life throws curveballs and I can make what I can with them, right? So I do, I try to do my best with it. And I am proud of myself for that reason. You know, that I don't, you know, of course everybody has their moments, but I make them the best of my situations. Two, I would say going to school, navigating college, and, you know, as a woman of color and, you know, being the one of the first in my family to get my bachelor's degree and then going for higher education. So I am proud of myself for that. And, you know, thanks to a lot of people in my family. So <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Oh, my gosh. Um, third, I would say that I'm not scared to try new things, you know, um, Definitely go and do what I think I want to do. So just, you know, I'm a, I do boxing and people are like, why are you going to go boxing? You're going to get punched in the face. That's fine. You know, I'll, I'll just do that. So I just try, I want to try things and not limit myself because my disability kind of limits me in certain ways. Like I can't drive. So why yeah. would I limit myself more? Touche. Holy cow. Reverse it. Let's go back. You said you box. Oh, yeah. I'm a boxer. Uh, that blows Not like mind. a legit fighter. No, nah, I know, I, I know. Boxing, like, yeah. I go to a boxing academy. You My coach the... is dope. They're all cool. Like, and they know the that mix? I can't see, but they still, you know, I appreciate that about them. They treat me like I'm normal. Like, got you. Like, I can see, but I'm like, when I can, I'm like, all right, chill out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> that is fascinating. Super cool that you are a, a, a blind and low vision person that boxes. You know what I mean? Like that's that's super cool. Um, <laughs> all right. Second question. What does that weight feel like that you always have to do more? Huh. 
it feels like like holding like bags of sand on me like just you know i i want to get i want them to go off but like they just don't come off so like i feel like they were rocks and then now it's sand and then it's just like it's still there though like it's still there like i do i try to do the work to you know be more proud of who i am and all these things and doing the work of like coming to realization of the things I need to work on for myself, but it still feels like it's there. Right. So like I've done things like try to release it and all these things and it just feels like it's still there. It's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, just like carrying bags of sand on me. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't I have a lot of people that I don't want to let down. Mm-hmm. Is it what, what emotions go with it? I would say a lot of um, I would say anger a lot of maybe self-doubt and then yeah I would say those are the two major ones two major ones so, uh, anger and self-doubt mm-hmm um shoot let's jump right into it so on the drop your baggage podcast we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope and uh this technique of course is a neuro-linguistic programming technique called mental and emotional release i am not a social worker a counselor a therapist psychologist just this dope dude that's helping people out there. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. Doing the good work. <laughs> I'm doing the good work, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, uh, in, in all honesty, like I'm not a, those things. I'm just the alternative to help you with your mindset. Um, if you, uh, for anybody that's in the crowd, excuse me, I want to talk to the audience real quick. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> for anybody that wants to know uh, in, more about neurolinguistic programming and uh, w- the modality that I use in this uh please go to um charleswolfork.com and i have a bunch of information there so which one is heavier for you anger or doubt Mm. probably they're kind of the same but i would say maybe anger anger why anger That's a hard question. There's a lot of different things, but I would say I get angry in the sense that I feel like I I don't live my life to the fullest um, because of my visual impairment, which I know is not true, Mm -hmm. but I get angry about it sometimes. Got you. And not not like the why me, but just just frustrating, right? So the... um... The frustration also might come from the doubt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that how does that affect you in your life and in everyday life? Um, I would say it doesn't allow me to enjoy the moments that I'm in, right? Because I'm always just hyper aware of things and hyper aware of like not being a bother to people in a sense. Cause I know mm. everybody worries about me. Mm. Um, so I get angry because I'm like a bot. I feel like I'm a bother, like a burden to people. And I don't want to be that way. So I, it affects me every day in that sense. Got you. Got you. 
And like, how are, by the way, how are you burdening anyone? I just feel like they worry about me. Who, who told you that they worry about you? Nobody. That's the thing. <laughs> right? like, I just feel that way. Right. It's just this thing that's in my head. I feel like I, I bother people, not bother, but like I worry them. Right. So mm. even though they haven't told me, but in the sense, like I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's what's going on in your mind. Yeah. And it makes you angry because you don't want to yeah. bother anyone. Or be, I want to be the one, like you said, I want to be the one that helps people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You don't want to be, do you want to be helped? Is that the thing? Or it's like, uh-uh, I got this. I think this. it's hard. No, I think it's hard for me to ask for help. Like, because I don't want to worry them. Mm. So it's, it's all intertwined. Got you. Understood. Um, Man, I, we, I thought we were going to get rid of, which one would be more beneficial? And which is, heavy, you said the anger would be heavier for you. And you, but you wanted to do, I'm not good enough before it, since anger is heavier you want to get rid of that one on the air and we'll release the other one later yeah yeah because it's heavier yeah, i think me. so no i definitely think so Ang- the anger thing is it, it needs to go yeah that one needs to go so <laughs> how does it feel in your body go to that place right now where you don't want to be or don't want to be worrisome or don't want anyone to worry about you how does that make you feel your body oh it just makes me feel like sick to my stomach yeah yeah it makes me feel sick it makes me feel like like those things like you're saying like the self-doubt um Mm -hmm. it just makes me feel like i'm less of a person Mm -hmm. the and you feel it in your stomach you said is there any other part of my stomach and my like here my heart like it just weighs down on me like the bags of sand like just Right here, definitely Boom. right here on my shoulders. Boom. So heart, shoulders, stomach. Let's get rid of that baggage, huh? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> it's like this is what I've been waiting <laughs> for. <laughs> is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this anger today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Let's back up. Okay. I, I get so excited. Oh my gosh, I get so excited. So there's three things that you need to do in order for this process to be outstanding and profound. Number one, you need to use your imagination. Okay. Number two, you need to follow directions. Just like you follow a recipe in a Google Maps. <laughs> and number three, you need to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide. Okay. I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. All right. Sounds good. And um, we got to create your, t- your timeline. Your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. If you were to know, where's your past? Hmm. You mean what? Which way? Left, right, behind. Left. Where's your future? First answer, go. In front of me. There you go. Good job. <laughs> my pass is also to my left. <laughs> Very good. Um, cool. And like you said, it's all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this anger today and for you to be aware of it consciously. Now. I'm going to re- I'm going to remind you of this later, but I want you to get as uh, rid of as many triggers as possible, because that anger is a trigger. For every single event in your past, that's a trigger, right? Because you can go back to that memory and you can be triggered by it. So I want you to go over as many events in your past as possible. 
when the time is right. And I'll let you know when that time is right. Okay. All righty. <laughs> Don't start squirming. You better. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get it. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> what is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt anger between the ages of birth and seven? How old were you? Probably six. Six? Do you have a specific event in mind? Yes. Do you mind sharing it? If not, that's okay. I can share some of it. Not the details or anything, but it was my first encounter uh, with, I guess, law enforcement. And, um, it, it was directed towards me and, you know, it was at my school and they were supposed to be there to help, but they were not. It made me feel very vulnerable and it just amplified a situation that didn't need to be. And so um, I felt I felt angry there because they weren't there to help. Understood. Understood. Huh. Who was worried about you in that situation? Who was worried? Probably my teacher. Your teacher? My teacher thought something was going on and law enforcement was called and it was not even like that. So. Mm. Understood. Gotcha. All right. So you can go ahead and close your eyes and relax and let me know when you're ready for the process to drop your baggage. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Now, just imagine floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. And just imagine floating above yourself right here, right now, hovering above yourself, looking at yourself from a third person point of view, like a fly on the wall. See your raising tomorrow shirt, your black chair, the table to your right, the screen in front of you i think that's a lamp in there as well yes uh, i see myself <laughs> yes all right now just imagine floating up above your timeline and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age let me know when you're above the dinosaurs i'm there all right now as you're above the dinosaurs just imagine floating deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. All right, listen closely. Flow very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt anger from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that anger all the way back to now. Go. And when all the anger is gone, you let me know. Every single event is a trigger. And every time you change your perspective upon the event, it releases the trigger. Every single event that you 
change your perspective on is a major breakthrough. Have as many breakthroughs as possible. Focus your attention upon how you're a survivor. Hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage and whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. Okay. I released the anger from the major moments. Awesome. Float down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. Whew. <laughs> <Whoa>. Wow. <laughs> How was that? That was emotional, like crying a little bit, but it made me realize a lot of things, you know, um, like you said, hurt people, hurt people. And they didn't know better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it wasn't my fault. <laughs> oh. Very good. That is crazy. I literally feel so light. Yeah. How does it, how do your shoulders feel now? Like I can, I don't know, it feels like I'm light, like I like it just like it just lifted off. I don't know, it's weird. Like uh-huh. those, like I said, those sandbags are just just slipped off. Boom. Wow. Boom. How's your <laughs> hey <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? You just wow. drop you just drop some baggage, girl. What are you talking I know. about? <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't help but laugh because this is crazy. <laughs> Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. You showed up for your divine appointment. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That is that is really crazy. <laughs> How does your heart feel? It feels like right now I can feel like it, it's beating. Mm. I feel like I can feel things like it's like working properly, if that makes sense. I don't know, like it <laughs> yeah. wasn't before. Like I, yeah. everything was just so numb. It felt like, and now I feel it. That's ooh, that's crazy. Mm. And then my my shoulders feel like I just got a massage. Like <laughs> I was gonna say, it feels crazy. <laughs> like I got it a massage. See, oh my gosh, no, I'm serious. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm serious. Audience, I'm not joking. This is crazy. <laughs> He's doing the good work over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I uh, love it. Love it. Thank hey, you. Of course. Thank you. Wow. Like, no, I'm serious. Really, thank you. You're so welcome. Yes. How does your stomach feel? It feels not like it did. Like, I don't have a pit in my stomach when I think about, the, like, I'm thinking about those situations and yeah. it doesn't make me feel so cringy anymore. Like, yeah. Wow. So, so, so yeah, I think of all the situations that you thought of before that got you into that state and it doesn't get you back into that state. No, right. I'm thinking about it right now. And just no, it doesn't make me feel the same way before. Mm, very cool. That very is cool. really cool. 
gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just still like in shock right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. How long have you been carrying this weight around? Since I was six years old. Wow. Like that, that way, like that much, huh? That long. That much. It, it was, and I'm 31 now. Great. So over 25 so a long years. Time. Yeah. And it's, you just, ah, Dial just went away in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been carrying that for like a long time. Yeah, wow. decades. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> I want you to imagine. Okay. Uh, do you smell bacon? No. Okay. Now nah, I asked that question to get you your mind off of that other stuff. I'm like, wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine going out into the future. To an unspecified mm -hmm. time in the future in which if the same thing would have happened in the past, you would have felt anger. But it's the future now. So see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. No. What if you're in a situation where like you're around a bunch of your friends and family and you used to think that they worried about you? How does that make you feel now? It doesn't make me feel. It doesn't make me worry that they're worrying about me. In that mm -hmm. sense, mm -hmm. it makes me feel like it's that they just care about me. Mm -hmm. It's not worrisome that they mm -hmm. just care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a shift. That one word from worry to care. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. I don't. Now that I, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like. I'm over here worried about I'm worried about their worry, mm. but they're just caring. Right. Right. So uh, would you say that you're more in a, in a space of uh, receiving nowadays? Yeah, well? I would say I feel more okay. like receptive and more receiving and that I don't have I don't feel like I have a wall up right now at this moment. Like, you know. And that I. I can learn from every situation. Mm. I don't have to be so on guard about things. Yeah. And I think that was the anger. <clears throat> what were you on guard for? Um, I guess people worry about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> no, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I know you just care. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Sounds a little softer. Yes, definitely. Yeah. The um, so you say you've been you've been uh, carrying this around since you were six years old, and wow, what an event! So your your teacher thought something was up, or like you know, and then it was like, okay, now I don't want anybody to worry about me, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Never again. Wow. What a manifestation of that, all of that. What was that? I said, what a manifestation. Oh, of, yeah. Of like, that. like, that's how you interpreted it. I Now that I think about it, that's crazy. I was six years old, and that's what I took from it. And it's literally been something that has followed me forever. I don't want anybody to worry about me. I don't want to cause any issues. Yeah. And, and like, it, it's, it's brought you all these different type of emotions as you've gone through your journey with being blind and low vision. And yeah, oh, wow. crazy. Weight. Yes, not anymore. 
Bye bye right. Well, I'm I'm serious. This is wild. This is wild. <laughs> what are you going to do with that weight off your shoulders now? Like what do you see life looking like? I feel like it's going to make me more receptive. Like you said receptive and more kind to myself. Mm. More kind to myself. It's okay to mess up. How weren't you uh what 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 was unkind and the way that you were treating yourself before? Oh, the things I'd say in my um, head to my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so definitely think just, you know, not not nice things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> making, I know. Make, make, making things way bigger than they are. Like, okay, mm-hmm. chill out. Mm-hmm. Like so mm-hmm. definitely using kinder words because our thoughts become our reality. If we keep saying those things to us, then we're not gonna we're gonna think that way of ourselves, and I know it's not true. One hundred percent. And now there's a different conversation. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thank you for showing up for your divine appointment. Um, yes. And make sure that you go over and thank Brandy as well. No, definitely. <laughs> oh my, I'm, I was literally just saying, like, wow, Brandy. <laughs> What kind of blessing? Yeah, I, know, right? <laughs> I love you, Brandy. You're awesome. And thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, what uh, could you please leave us with one more bit of words of wisdom? I would say that. Hmm. That the world already tries tries to limit us and don't limit yourself. Be open to everything, opportunities, and don't be afraid to try things. Amen. I love it. Thank you so <laughs> much again for showing up for your divine appointment. And thank you all out there for your attention and your support and your love. I love each and every one of you all. If you're on YouTube, Facebook, or, Insta- or not Instagram, if you're on YouTube or Facebook and you're watching this, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button. And if you're on a podcast platform, you can hit the like button, th- I think, and give a brother five stars and some feedback. I love you all. And until next time, I love you all out there. Take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace.